we tape our Coach's Corner show, which is why I'm here at OU, and I, uh, I'm grateful that Casey and Brian and TJ and the uh, the management crew at the ref allow me to bolt a little bit early, and most importantly, Josh, you and Connor for taking care of the show. And it was interesting because Gabe always puts out a tweet that's like, hey, we got Joe John, Jay Valai, what questions do you have for them? And uh, I had to laugh at the very first one. Like, literally, this was the very first one. And it says, why so many trick plays? Like, I, I guess maybe I'm kind of old school in that because I'm still one of those guys that, like, a, a Wildcat's not a trick play to me. Wildcat's Wildcat. Yeah, not anymore. Not anymore. Now, I would agree – like it being one of the first few snaps of the game. And, and again, we don't know what they saw. Maybe in practice this week, and I'm just vamping here, guys, maybe Gavin saw Chuck and that play was having an incredible amount of success. Maybe that was something that just really clicked. So – I don't know. And, oh, by the way, UCF came into this game and was terrible defending the run. But I just had to – why so many trick plays? Like, oh, yeah. I guess I'm just one of those – a trick play to me is like a double reverse pass. Putting Jalil Farouk in the backfield is not a trick play, at least in my world. But maybe whenever Brent Finnables was talking about, right, the deceptive plays, places like Kansas and UCF that use it more than anyone, maybe they would be considered. We're trying to deceive the deceptors. There you go. All right, are you ready for our top five takeaways? Or at least, let me rephrase this. I, I probably need to put this best. My top five takeaways that I throw in front of Josh, and he either uh, helps me assist it and fine-tune <laughs> the take, right? Or you reject it like to Kimbe Matumbo. Yeah, I, I like to think that I'm usually pretty supportive. But Okay, so here we go. Uh, top five stories of the day, usually on a Monday after a Sooner game. Top five takeaways on a victory Monday brought to you by Newcastle Casino. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. All right, Newcastle Casino. Located off I-44, exit 107, newcastlecasino.com. You know what? You know what I do miss? I miss our Monday remotes that we would do out at Newcastle Casino. I do miss those. Uh, 14 table games, uh, tons of fun. They got the gift store that always has great gear. Check them out, newcastlecasino.com. All right, big takeaway number five. Number five. All right, now – There's a couple of running back things in here. But I wanted to start with number five, and you tell me if you agree or disagree. There was a point at the end of the third quarter where we hadn't talked about it very much, but Tawi Walker was was out. Tawi Walker did not play in this game. Um, How did Brent Venables phrase it? Team team issue, and and I'm we'll we'll see what Parker has on it coming up a little bit later on in the sh- uh, in the day. Uh, see if Teddy's got any more information on it. But if you think about it, right, Tawi Walker being out, 
So heading into the fourth quarter, without Tywee Walker, I'm trying to do quick math, this team had carried the ball 29 times for 115 yards. That was heading into the fourth quarter where they went crazy and ran it for 74 yards on 17 carries, right? So, again, like I said, I'm not trying to be an excuse guy. But in those moments this year, in those moments, Josh, when things hadn't necessarily been going well for the Sooner offense, maybe even the Sooner run game specifically, I always felt like there was a uh, a Tawi Walker run or two that just kind of solidified things. I mean, the whole SMU game is an example of it, right? I mean, against SMU, he went out there and had the 100-yard game and had the had the dominating performance. Against Cincinnati, you know, he only ran the ball five times, but they seemed to be in, in, in big moments. Now, Marcus Major had the big run in that game. And against Texas, he lowered that shoulder and took some dudes out. So in an... In a time, Josh, in an era where most of y'all have been waiting for this moment to move away from Tawi Walker, is it fair to say that Oklahoma missed him this game? For three quarters, I think, yeah, you could make that argument, sure. 29, before the fourth quarter, 29 carries... 115 yards. I mean, that's against this. I mean, that's, I mean, still averaging, that's 3.9 yards per carry. But against this this defense, you should have been shredding them like you did in the fourth quarter whenever you were averaging, you know, almost five yards per carry. Mm-hmm. So, ticket number five, I think Tawi was missed. That's me. Um, now, takeaway four might be a little bit different, but, um, you know, Andrell Anthony was missed. It's just we – Andrell Anthony had to become a dude, right? And did Nick Anderson have over 100 yards receiving? Yes. Were there some big plays made by other receivers? You bet there was. But, you know, in two guys that weren't there, I thought, I thought that they were missed. I thought that they were missed quite a bit. And that's the first time in game action that Oklahoma went out there without him. You say excuse, but it was a takeaway from me that not a lot of people, at least that I saw it talked about or brought up, it was just, huh, what's going on with that? Why is he not there? I, I kind of felt like Oklahoma missed him, Josh. I think that's uh, a fair point on both, no doubt. <clears throat> All right, number four. Number four. In the pregame and the start and the first quarter, thought it was one of the best 11 a.m. crowds I'd seen. Um, when we were doing our pregame show, out at FanFest, party at the Palace now. When we did our pre-pregame show, the Windy Chevy pregame show, walking around Campus Corner at, you know, 9 a.m. in the morning. I guess earlier than that, uh, 8 a.m. in the morning, 7 a.m. we hit the air. I was over at Boyd Street Ventures. There was, a, there was a really good little buzz that was building. And then just to see for an 11 a.m. kick, where you're going with Sleepy to begin with, to see the way that this crowd like really fed off 
the four straight drives of three and out by UCF, I thought it was really one of the better early morning crowds that we've had to start things. Then the second quarter happened, and everyone kind of got a little bit uncomfortable. It was like, ugh. So it's almost as if we got our moment to be as loud and as crazy and thankful for the Texas game as as you could be and should be as a fan base. And announcing the starting lineups, they, you know, everyone was losing their minds over just about every Dylan Gabriel got a huge cheer. It was awesome. It was really fun. And then I think a little bit of that uneasiness set in, Josh, whenever they missed a couple of field goals. So, yeah, it went from being raucous to being what what in the world is this rather quickly. Mm-hmm. The, the air got taken out of you. It happens, though. It happens. But I thought it was cool. I thought it was a great environment. It got hot. It got hot. I don't know if uh, you heard Dr. Kevin Clazel's weather report. It was like a record high, wasn't it? It was warmer in Norman at the end of the game than it was at UCF. Oh. Or it was, as it was in Orlando, excuse me. Oh, my goodness. Now, with that in mind, quick little sidebar to this. Have you happened to peep the forecast for Saturday? I have not. Is it uh, going to be gorgeous or miserable? Uh, this is what Dr. Kevin Clazel has sent us. Um, forecast still highly uncertain for Saturday in Lawrence. All right. That's, that's fitting. Yeah, it sounds about right. But we are trending in the direction of cold, windy, and wet. <laughs> yeah, that's... That's what you expect from Kansas. With 40s and rain showers possible. Oh, my goodness. Updates will continue throughout the day. I knew when you brought it up it had to be miserable, but uh, I was holding out hope maybe it was going to be a beautiful day. Do you know what? I feel like this might be a good week to bring back Dr. Clazel to the show. Yep, 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 yep. Agreed. Maybe on Thursday. It's but a good week it- to uh, break out the run game. I hope whatever was costing Tawi Walker a game has been resolved. I think in a setting like that, he's a dude that can he's a dude that can make a difference. And I also think it I think it kind of benefits Oklahoma too. And it's a turf field. So you're not we're not gonna have anything muddy and too crazy up there. All right, um, enough of the crowd. Big story number three. Big takeaway, I guess I should Number say. three. Sorry, Josh. Um, did the offensive line fix the right guard issue in the fourth quarter? Now, I again, I see his handsome face. I get to sit as soon as we wrap here and talk with Gabe for the next hour and a half. And I'll pick his brain on it. But according to Josh's research, both tackles, Walter Rouse, Tyler Guyton, center Andrew Rame, and left guard Caden Green played all 89 snaps. The snaps at right guard were split between Caleb Schaefer and Savion Bird, who made his triumphant return in the fourth quarter, uh, second half and looked really good from my untrained eyes perspective. Now, I'm sure there's someone right now on the text line that's going to yell at me that he whipped on a block, but from what I saw and what the numbers showed, it seemed as if that made a difference. Now, 
McCain Latoyer was out there. I don't know if you guys caught, but he went out on a couple of special teams plays. And I think he had referred to himself um, to Gabe as the fire extinguisher. So if, if things were really getting if guys were really bad, because I, I don't think I don't think Gabe minds me me sharing this, but as as we were walking by each other, I'm like, hey, it's, it's good. Look, look, Cam and Tyre's out there. He's like, it's not good. It's terrible. And then he explained to me why, because that means something really, really bad has happened with the people that are replacing him. But it was just in special teams, so maybe it was a role that uh, he was healthy enough to be able to work through. I don't know. But do you get the sense maybe now? And with Savion Bird, we've seen these flashes, right? Incredible in moments against Florida State. Incredible early season. But just something happened beyond maybe an injury in that Tulsa game, and we haven't seen him since. I don't know. You you get the sense that maybe a corner has been turned with Savion Bird, or is this another one of those, Josh, that we put a little, like, highlight over, we tab it, and we dive into it a little bit more after we see the Kansas game? Ding, ding, ding. I hope so. I think that there's a chance that that five you finished with on Saturday is the best five you've got right now. I think that that is the most talented five. Now, <laughs> seeing and believing that are – we need to see those two things link up, and we need to see the, the consistency. And that's been offensive line this whole season yeah. for Oklahoma in the run department. By the way, uh, 918-918, I love your text so much on this one, and you know who you are. He writes, the crowd was fine until the offense put us to sleep in the first quarter. <laughs> Stop. It was fine. It was. Uh, it was fine. It was good. Or the it, kicking game. Or the kicking game. It, anything you want to add on the uh, on the offensive line before we get to big takeaway number two? Oh, I, I mean, I think that obviously they helped you go win the game in the fourth quarter. So as much as uh, we can belager those guys, be disappointed, it uh, it was a good finish the way they ran the football and pieced those two drives together. Yeah, it was. It was. Which gets us then. Almost naturally, Josh, to big story number two. Number two. <laughs> um, I, I'm sorry. I've got to put down the uh, text line because this from the 405 distracted me. The only thing Zach Schmidt should be kicking is rocks. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Okay. Number two. I'm going to minimize that. Gavin Sawchuk now the guy? We'll see what Tommy Walker's role is going to be like after his suspension. Marcus Major does not appear to be 100%, though he had a couple of nice runs on Saturday. His shoulder's banged up. He has a harness that he's wearing that's pretty cumbersome. Uh, I have no idea what's going on right now with Javante Barnes. I don't think I'm alone on that front. Sooners used uh, Jalil Farouk in the backfield. Saw Gavin Freeman lined up back there. Um, I don't think that you'll see that too terribly often. Maybe Farouk a little bit more. Kind of use that in the Debo role. But did we see the emergence? Did we see the moment that we needed from one of these sooner running backs to just take over? All total, 10 carries, 63 yards, a 30-yard touchdown run, which was the second longest run of the season by an, uh, by an Oklahoma rusher. 
59 of his 63 yards came in the fourth quarter. I don't know. I I kind of feel like that, not necessarily coming out party, but in the same vein, maybe a a, a comforting performance from Gavin Sawchuk more than anything. Because, again, I know everyone, everyone feels the same way I do, right? Because when I say this, I'm, I'm sure many of you feel the same way. Well, I heard great things about Hicks. Throw him out there. I like Smothers when I saw him. Why isn't he out there? I'm just going to tell you through now seven games of the season, you know, I don't know if we've reached emergency mode yet, but, you know, it's funny. I really pushed back last week against the talk of shutting down Javante Barnes. I really pushed back against that last week. I heard it more than I ever have after the game Saturday. And I got it. I don't. I didn't get to gossip with the people I usually gossip with. I got out a little bit later, um, but I heard it a little bit more than I typically do. So maybe Josh, if that's the case, then you see them dip into that a little bit, and maybe you see one of those two guys that might get a snap or two more here or there. I don't. I mean, I don't know if if. And I said Demarco is one of the few guys that might not give us too much. Uh, super-duper secret information, so I don't know if their plan is to just try to redshirt both of them. But if they can help you out, I think the Sooners are going to use guys to help them win. But, yeah, I, I don't I mean, Javante Barnes ran out there a couple of times but didn't end up – I think it was one time on the play where they brought in Jackson Arnold on the fourth down, and that was in the first quarter, and he went running off. And there was one other play whenever he went trotting out there. But, again, that's a lot of window dressing to ask. Did we see that dude in Gavin Sawchuk emerge Saturday? I, I think there's a chance, yes. It, it definitely looked like – it looked back to the old Sawchuk that we saw in the Cheez-It Bowl. And I haven't seen that Sawchuk this season. So that burst appeared to be back uh, along with the patience. That was incredibly, incredibly encouraging. Again, we need to see it for more than just that final drive – but I'm optimistic that, yes, that might have been the first sign of somebody starting to win this job. Yeah. You know what's interesting? Um, I 214 text. Did I tell you I was going to put down the text line during this segment? Uh, you you did not, no. I, you said no such thing. Right. I, can't, I can't quit you. Uh, you watch the same thing I do, sir, ma'am, whomever. Uh, he said, Javante looked good running in warm-ups. I bet he, I bet he comes back. We were watching the same thing. I mean, when I got out there, I started watching the running backs for Oklahoma. And, you know, again, one of the many lessons that I've learned in doing this for a few years, see if you notice anything different, right? Because if they're warming up or they're doing things a little bit differently for these routine-oriented guys, then maybe it would be a signal that something is is up. And for the last few weeks, I've watched Devontae, I've watched Marcus, I've watched the – freshmen when they've been there it's the same thing outside of Tawi not being out there it's the same thing so yeah I I saw him and I was like it looks good I was looking at the feet to see if the ankles were taped up and they were underneath the the shoes so it's like he looks good but I again whatever it is it has been a problem for him to be able to get back consistently the way that he wants and while he might look good in warm-ups for you and I uh, maybe it's not looking that way in practice throughout the week. But that's all, again, I thought Gavin looked really good in the fourth quarter. He really did. 
part of that might have just – you know what, I haven't, again, gone into the true grading and the numbers of it, but it seemed like Kane Green had a really good game. seemed like it. Uh, someone had texted in earlier, and it, it, it's funny. They said, I was a little bit disappointed I didn't see Bill Beanbow talking to the offensive line more. Well, it, that's one of two things. Either he's so angry he, would, he wouldn't be able to control himself or, or, or B, things were going okay there. Um, and I would tend to kind of say the former as opposed to the latter because when Coach B doesn't come and talk to them, that's when it's like, yeah, we're in big trouble. We're in big trouble. Yeah, here it is. I found it. Uh, for the 405, my seats are directly behind the O-line, and I was extremely disappointed and shocked to see Coach B have minimal contact or conversation with his O-line. He basically stood off and never talked to them during most of the game. But in those moments, sir or ma'am, when he did, oh, they were electric, weren't they? <laughs> they were electric. If you ever get a chance to sit behind the benches, it's a little harder to see now because they cover up the defense, which is, is understandable in this era of sign-stealing. Make sure you sit behind the offensive line bench. Ask my man Jay. Ask my man Jay. He'll tell you. It's fantastic. But we'll see. He started the game. We'll see if Gavin Sawchuck will be the guy this weekend. Though, did that weather report not make you feel like it could be a tie week kind of a Saturday? Sure. All right. Hang on to the football and uh, lean on the run game and just go ground and pound Kansas. Gets us to my biggest takeaway, number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. So, you know, I have pushed back against the – and Coach Venables said it too, which was kind of funny, about there's no pictures on the scorecard. There isn't, but there is the memory of how you got there, right? If I had four straight pars and they all included a a worm burner that I hit or, you know, I, I barely stayed inbounds and – got lucky on a a ball that hit off a tree, right? There's no pictures on a scorecard, but my four straight pars are much different than, say, Rory's four straight pars. There might not be a picture on the scorecard for this one. It's a win, but I don't think it's indicative of anything wrong with this football team. I think it's one of those weird things that happens during college football. Guys, we just spent a weekend in the end, and I'm not trying to compare the NFL to the college game. But we spent a weekend in the NFL where a one-win football team just beat a team who had a Pro Bowl quarterback that they hadn't beaten in years. So, got to win your stinkers, man. And that's what Oklahoma did on Saturday. That's the most important thing. What did the greatest football mind in the history of ever once say, Josh? Just win, baby. Just win, baby. And sometimes... Right? Just because it's a par where you hit one that you topped off the tee and you still got a par, not necessarily mean you're a bad golfer or a great golfer. It means that you survived the hole. What an iconic quote, by the way. I, you can just, like, just see the smile. Just win, baby. Sometimes, Josh, a quarterback from Shepherd College comes out and a running back who's been cut twice <laughs> no. this year. Runs don't for don't do this to yourself. You. No. Dante Foreman ran over the Raiders like they were a freaking JV football team out there. But that has nothing to do with Saturday and the Sooners. I'd much rather be where Oklahoma is at 7-0 and and win your stinkers than what happened in North Carolina or what happened uh, 
you know, Clemson or what happened to USC. Speaking of losing to one-win football teams, North Carolina, I, the decisions to put on what networks to put these games are always fascinating to me. I'm like, wow, this is on the ACC network. How did that decision come about? You got North Carolina, who's, I don't know, maybe in the mix to play for a championship. They were undefeated at the time. Have a top pick in Drake May. At least I think that I was watching the ACC. I was in the 600s watching that game. Oh, we got to go. I'm sorry. It's already 11-28. So there, win your stinkers. Just win, baby. Just win. Yeah, Jay, you know. Jay Clary, he sat behind Bill Beanbow. It's a show down there now. You got to watch it. You might get in trouble. Anything else to add, Josh, in the 30 seconds I have left? Win your stinkers, man. 7-0, and uh, what, third time in the last five, but just the third time in the last 18. So it's uh, tough to get to 7-0. and We'll take it. I can't believe that it's already 11.30. I cannot believe it's already 11.30. Josh and Connor will take you the rest of the way. I'm off to tape Coach's Corner with Joe John Finley and Jay Valai. I'll see you back on Tuesday. We're back in studio. Josh and Connor the rest of the way with your text next on The Ref. Final hour of the Plank Show on a victory Monday. Don't care. Don't matter. Just get there. 31 29 Oklahoma tops UCF. They are a perfect 7 and 0. Third time in the last 5 they've started 7 and 0. And uh well, also the third time in the last 18 years they've started 7 and 0. So Oklahoma is where we want them to be. Room for improvement obviously coming out of the uh, UCF performance, but uh 7 and 0s, 7 and 0 and 7 and 0 sounds pretty good this morning. Uh, hour number 3 by the way brought to us by Mop and Roofing. Moppin Roofing and Construction. They've got you covered, Oklahoma. Call Bob Moppin and his team at 405-703-3843. Moppin Roofing, a full-service company, family-owned and operated with over 35 years of experience. Insurance specialists that can help with fire and flood remediation work. Fully insured, licensed, and bonded. That, again, is Moppin Roofing. Josh Elmer saying good morning, and welcome in to Mr. Connor Pasby. Connor, uh, Plank, and I've had, well, a buck and, well, two bucks and a half to kick it around here. Oklahoma top and UCF. Nick Anderson continues to really, really impress. I thought Ethan Downs, uh, that was another nice performance from him. Elzinga, off the beaten path of important performances for Oklahoma in this game. And then uh, the largest takeaway, of course, is... If uh, we want to be, and rightfully so, a little bit frustrated with what happened in quarters two and three and the kicking was, my goodness, can we make a field goal? Is there any other option we can try out there to feel good about? But, look, if we can put that to rest and focus on Oklahoma found a way in a fourth quarter in a game where they trailed in this individual game more than they have the entirety of the rest of the season – Oh, you found a way to the winner's circle. That's the most important thing. But what what were some of your thoughts and takeaways from the Sooners win? Yeah, Josh. And good I morning, mean, by the way. Good morning, Josh. Yeah, it, it was not pretty, but hey, win and move on. You mentioned Nick Anderson, what, eight touchdowns uh, through seven games now. He's just a touchdown machine. Uh, Ethan Downs is playing at a much better level up there on the defensive line. But, yes, the kicking, 
the kicking is an issue right now with Zach Schmidt. Those two uh, missed field goals, a chance to uh, build a lead early in the game. And Josh, sometimes those missed kicks, if there's a close game late in the fourth quarter, you need those. So Zach Schmidt needs to uh, pick it up and just man find a way to come in through clutch and make some field goals. But overall, I mean, uh, defense got you some big stops late in the game to get the ball back to the offense. The offense started to pick it up in that fourth quarter. That was a huge drive in the start of the fourth. You killed a lot of time. A really good drive to take the lead. But yeah, it was not pretty. But John Rice Pumley brings a lot to that offense. I think that pretty much showed that Saturday. He's uh, That offense looks a lot different when John Rice Pumley's out there. Well, and I think probably the whole team to some degree, is a little bit different. The defense for UCF was much better than expected. And, well, how, how much of that is some failures from Oklahoma? To some degree it is. And to another degree, sure, it, it was UCF showing up and, and playing good football. So this OU team, I think that we we know that they can go beat some of the nation's best. They did that, we think, against Texas. Right, uh, we'll see if uh, Texas remains that. But Texas team that obviously was able to go beat an Alabama team that is looking more and more impressive as the weeks go on. So I think we know that Oklahoma's best is pretty stinking good. But uh, we also know that this Oklahoma team right now is capable of the SMU performance, of the Cincinnati performance, of this performance. So I'll be curious to see if Oklahoma this week can go out and give us four good quarters at Kansas next two weeks. I'm I'm good if you just win, but boy, I'd, I'd like to see one of the two or both <laughs> yeah. be really complete performances start to finish for Oklahoma. It was a little bit of a letdown, obviously in that respect for OU, they didn't play their best, but they won. They, they won. And, and that's going to be the most important thing always. Yeah, Josh. Well, they're an all around team where they can run the football like they did against Texas, but uh, this Saturday, I mean, it was not pretty running the football. To start the third quarter, uh, there were two possessions, Josh, where you had a situation, a third and two. Uh, you weren't able to uh, convert it. Then you get another possession, a third and two again, uh, run the football, couldn't get it, and then you give it right back to the defense. But those are situations where, man, you got to take advantage up front and run the ball, convert the first down, and keep that drive going. They just weren't able to. But there were some big runs late in that fourth quarter. Sawchuck uh, really stood out in the fourth quarter. Old Sooner texts in on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. You can, too. Old Sooner texts in the historic Vince Lombardi phrase or quote, winning isn't everything, it's the only thing. It's a win, Josh. And the bottom line is the bottom line is the bottom line is it looked like Oklahoma was on upset watch, upset city, and would much rather have Oklahoma's uh, dish at the dinner table today than North Carolina or or several others out there. Yeah, a win Josh, is a win is a win. Yeah, well, to be honest with you, late in that third quarter, in the start of the fourth quarter, <laughs> I was not feeling good at all where this uh, Oklahoma team was uh, put in, like the situation. Clearly this Oklahoma team, I mean, they, they got to improve, and, and I want to see a little bit more of a – killer's instinct these next couple of weeks and then going forward but uh hey we'll we'll take the win as compared to a year ago where Oklahoma's losing that game versus SMU versus Cincinnati versus Texas and uh, obviously this past week versus UCF now they're winning those games so they got to improve I'm sure they know that 
but uh, we're going to take the win. We got a, a bunch of texts from you guys to get to before we get out of here. Some final game notes that were from Oklahoma's 31-29 win over UCF. And uh, if you dial us up, we can probably squeeze one phone call in, maybe two the rest of the way. Taking a timeout, hour number three presented by Mop and Roofing. This is the Plank Show on the Home of Sooner fans. Back with you here. It is the Plank Show, Mop and Roofing, bringing us hour number three. I I would agree with this on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. From Sean, OU didn't run versus Texas. Gabriel ran, but the run game didn't. I think there's some That's truth true. to that. Yeah, that. yeah, the Dylan Gabriel run game against Texas, I mean, really wasn't there against UCF, but credit to what UCF did uh, defensively uh, to take that away. I was really hopeful that this was going to be the game for Oklahoma where they could just turn and hand off and really carve out some running lanes again and again and again. And uh, it did not really happen for Oklahoma, though the final couple of drives I thought were pretty encouraging in that respect. Did Oklahoma find their top running back in Sawchuck? Or is is this whole season, is it just we're doing the running back carousel? It feels like we're that so now. far through seven games. I still think Tawi and Marcus Major are your two best guys. But it was pretty cool to see Sawchuck break away some runs there in the fourth quarter. That one where he was thinking about going in or thinking about <laughs> taking a knee. Had to look over to the sidelines, but yeah, you got to punch that one in. Mr. Sports, I agree there's nothing wrong with the Sooners. Championship teams find a way to win when nothing is going right. Yeah, and you look if you look at the college football slate in general Saturday, Josh, I mean, there was a lot of top teams uh, struggling. Washington struggled with Arizona State uh, at home. North Carolina, an undefeated team coming in. What, a 24-point favor against Virginia? They go down, so there's just a, some of the top teams uh, really struggling. And that goes to show that late in the season, hey, you just take those wins and move on. Frisco Sooner, I think uh, Plank visited this, but let's let's you and me kick this around a little bit. My question for you guys, it's become glaringly clear to me, none of the backs have really distanced themselves from the rest. Maybe you could say Tawi, but we need more than one back to step up. The question I've got is, is it time to try to find a spark with one of the freshmen for the stretch run? I mean, unless you're worried about fumbling, and I get it, that would be a legit concern. But besides that, what do you have to lose? Hicks, Smothers? Yeah, I mean, it felt like that was the time Saturday where you could throw those guys in, but we didn't see them. Instead, you had Farouk, a wide receiver, uh, back there playing running back at times. Yeah, I'm not so against I'm, So I'm not, I'm not sure what they see in the two freshman running backs. Maybe not comfortable yet in putting them in the ballgame. Well, I'm good with whatever, yeah. I mean, to me, the whole let's – save a year of eligibility thing. I don't think that matters in college football anymore. I don't really subscribe to it. So you're going to redshirt somebody? Okay, great. Well, a lot of times if guys don't play, they're going to transfer. So, you know, to me, if if that's potentially a better option, explore it now. I just think the landscape of college football has changed a little bit to where not that you have to play freshman, but the benefit to – trying to save a redshirt season I don't think is as great anymore. And, again, Oklahoma's in a situation to where, yeah, I'd agree with you, nobody's separated. I'm hopeful 
that uh, I'm hopeful that Gavit Sachuk, we saw the beginnings of that this past Saturday. But, again, we, we, we need to see for any of these guys some consistency. Scary Gary, the team that showed up Saturday couldn't win an American championship. Is that like the American <laughs> Football Conference? Yeah, what are we talking about here? Uh, like the the league that <laughs> the league that Tulsa and company plays in. Brad Barzil says so. Is the problem with the running game, O line, or the running backs? Oh, it's a. I've said all along, it's a combination of the two. Yeah, I mean, I feel like O line. There, there's been a lot of switching around up there too. Realtor Paul. It doesn't matter who's in the backfield if the offensive line can't open the holes. Yeah, I mean, there just really hasn't been anything there up front for these running backs. Yeah, much uh, much better in the final couple of drives for Oklahoma. How about Nick Anderson, though? You know, we mentioned it earlier. The guy right now, all he does is catch touchdowns. Gosh, man. Eight touchdowns, 16 career grabs all this season. The uh, Oklahoma freshman record for touchdowns is nine by Marvin Mims in 2020. So, I, I mean, right now, I don't know how he's not going to top that. He's doing what, what Lee Morris did for OU. I mean, a lot of his receptions are touchdowns. That's exactly what Nick Anderson's doing. Eight touchdowns through seven games and just a redshirt freshman. And he is such a big target, too, at 6'4". The uh, 42-yard touchdown grab was just awesome. The little move and uh, and getting downfield like that, great great throw from Gabriel there, and Nick Anderson to me just looks like he's on that trajectory to be an NFL type guy. He, he well, looks he's all, really really. I mean, good. he's already built like an NFL guy, and he already gets so much separation from uh, corners on the outside. That would be in the uh, land of big time positives for Oklahoma. Another yeah. nice performance from. Nick Anderson and I can't I can't remove myself from the fact that Oklahoma offensively when they've been pressed this season Gabriel and, and company they keep finding responses and, and really this team in general right if there's that that was the big knock for Oklahoma a year ago was if there were pendulum games to be won or lost the pendulum was swinging against Oklahoma and right now this season, again, I'm with you. Play with fire enough, you're going to get burnt. But uh, Oklahoma, and especially the offense, when they need to go drive and score points, they've driven yeah. and gone and scored points and put back-to-back big-time touchdown drives together in this one. Well, the start of the fourth quarter when your defense got you back-to-back stops. Uh, trailing, Complimentary. Yep, trailing 23-17, to 17, OU goes down and scores to take the lead. And then right after that, you get a stop defensively. So, yeah, just putting it all together. It wouldn't have all been you know, perfectly clear and great, but if you just didn't give up, give up that last touchdown, I, th- I do think the, the stomach of Oklahoma fans today would be uh, a little bit cleaner. But 7-0 and is 7-0. and Well, yeah, the way the defense was playing in the fourth quarter, I was a little bit surprised that they did give up that I touchdown know. late. I know. Was... And once again, how many times are we going to get a stop on a two-point conversion? Well, I mean, hopefully some... hopefully, if that situation presents itself, it, it continues. So. I don't care who's on the field defensively for OU. If there's a two-point conversion that a team needs to, whether tie the game or take the lead, I feel comfortable in the defense getting that stop. We'll do one final break, but uh, big-time play from Dolby uh, and others there to, to win the game. 
to, to win the game for OU. One final timeout. Let's wrap with some text messages next right here on The Ref. All right, one final time. We're back. It's the Plank Show. He is Connor Pasby. I'm Josh Elmer. Plank Show, final thoughts, brought to us by Primrose Funeral Service. With fifty, with uh, 80 years of service, their sincere commitment is to make things a little easier for you and your family. Primrose Funeral Service, 405-321-6000, or visit them online at primrosefuneralservice.com. Final thoughts? A win is a win is a win. And uh, one text here. True Sooner? Let's not forget the Dylan factor. UCF had this one circled. That's true. I mean, that, that is that is absolutely true. Really big game for UCF, and you knew you knew we were going to get their best game. That's exactly what happened Saturday. I don't think that's what happened for UCF. I don't think it was. Hey, we got this circled, and it's the Dylan Gabriel game. I think their defense just played better than expected. They got their starting quarterback back, and uh, Oklahoma didn't play all that great, but. You survive, you advance, you win the football game. That's the final thought, right, is Oklahoma 7-0. and And after last year, you're dang right. I'm feeling okay to be 7-0. and Now go show me that you could be more business-like going forward because, uh, look, this let's just call it what it was. It was not a great performance versus UCF. But you know what? Hey, a win is a win is a win. For Connor, for Plank, can't wait to do it again tomorrow. Everybody have a great rest of your Monday. So long.